This morning's scripture is James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If you could stand for the reading of God's word. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Automaker Henry Ford asked electrical genius Charlie Steinmetz to build generators for his factory. One day, the generators ground to a halt and the repairman couldn't figure out the problem. So, Ford called Steinmetz, who tinkered with the machines for a few hours and then threw the switch. The generators whirred to life. But Ford got a bill for $10,000 from Steinmetz. Flabbergasted, the rather tight-fisted car maker inquired why the bill was so high. This was Steinmetz's reply. For tinkering with the generators, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. Ford paid the bill. Often in our lives do we deal with situations that are difficult and we think, if I only knew where to tinker. In other words, what does God want me to do with this? The passage that's our text today, if you will notice, is tied directly to the instruction James gives concerning trials. There's not a paragraph break here. This is all part of the same passage. So he's telling us that if we're in the midst of trials and we don't know where to tinker, we go to God and ask for wisdom. Now, we probably are all of the mind, at least I am, that, well, I just soon not have these trials in the first place. But we know that we all have them. And we'll probably have some in the future if we're not having some right now. And so James says, when you're going through trials, you need to seek wisdom from God. And and he says this about it. God willingly gives wisdom to those who ask. Feel free to ask because God willingly gives wisdom to those who ask. As Christians, we believe that everything that happens has a purpose because we believe that God has a purpose for our lives. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Isn't that an incredible thought that God has a plan for each one of our lives? Uh, Have you ever thought about the number of people on the planet? 
and that God has a plan for each and every one of those lives. Now, whether they follow that plan or not is their choice, but God has a plan for the life of every person on the planet. How do you explain God? Isn't that amazing? Think about how, how big and incredible He is. But there are times in our lives when things do seem to be going against us. And during those times, our faith can be pretty severely tested. And while we're walking through these spiritual deserts, we may wonder, wonder, why is God allowing me to go through this season of life? This circumstance, this situation, this thing that I'm dealing with right now with right now and that that is our tendency is to say God why right why me why when probably the question we should be asking is this God what are you trying to teach me it, it's it, it's the un- I think one of the unfortunate things about the human condition that it kind of takes that kind of stuff in life for us to learn. We just don't learn very well, it seems, when life is smooth and easy and going well. So God allows or even brings some trials into our lives, some testing to, to begin to teach us some things that we might not learn any other way. So as we look into this, and, and, and James tells us when these things come, we need to ask for wisdom. We, well, what is wisdom? What, what does James mean by wisdom? Well, the Greek word there is Sophia, just like the name, Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A. And what it means is the knowledge of how to regulate one's relationship with God, wisdom which is related to goodness. It is the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action, which is the kind of help we generally need when life gets tough like that. It's based on knowledge and understanding of God. J.I. Packer said this in his book, A Knowing God, Wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. So we, we need wisdom. We need godly wisdom in times of life when testing and trials come. And the, the Scripture speaks a lot about wisdom. If you want to know more, go to the book of Proverbs. There's a ton of stuff in the book of Proverbs about wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 and 11, we find these words. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. That's God speaking to us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hebrew poetry enables great understanding. In this case, we have two phrases presented as synonymous or saying basically the same thing in different words. Wisdom and insight are parallel concepts. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One 
is insight. Basically, it's saying the same thing in two different ways there. That makes the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of the Holy One as synonymous terms as well. To know God is to fear or reverence Him. And because God is wisdom, then to know God is to know wisdom. Psalm Psalm 111 verse 10 reflects what was said in the Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. Wisdom is all about knowing God and His ways. So we could sum it up like this. The wise man or woman hears and obeys the Word of God. Make sense? (laughs) Matthew 7, verses 24 and 25. Jesus says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. What? The knowledge of God and His Word. And the wisdom that we need, the wisdom of God, has three distinct characteristics. The first is this, it's practical. The wisdom from God relates to life, even during life's most trying times. And it's not a wisdom isolated from suffering and trials. In fact, it's especially important in times like that. This this wisdom is the tool by which trials are overcome. So it's practical. It's divine. God's wisdom goes beyond common sense. You ever read anything in the Bible that just seemed contrary to what our world would say is common sense? Common sense does not lead us to choose joy in the midst of trials, does it? This wisdom begins with respect for God, leads to living by God's direction, and results in the ability to tell right from wrong and to learn from our trials. And then the third thing, this wisdom is Christ-like. Asking for wisdom is ultimately asking to be like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.24 But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So, the wisdom which may be had by asking with unwavering faith, and we'll touch on that in a few moments. It's not intellectual knowledge or philosophical speculation, but spiritual understanding of the purpose of the trial or trouble that we're facing. In other words, God tells us how to navigate our way through this particular thing that we're dealing with. His way. His way. So James tells us, when you're in the midst of trial, ask God. 
And then he says, don't worry, God will not chide us for asking. We don't use that word much anymore, chide, do we? He won't rebuke us. He won't, he, he won't scold us. Um, in, in this passage today, it, it says we can ask God and He will, won't find fault with us for asking. James says He will give generously without finding fault. And again, if you read in some other versions, uh, the New American Standard versions says God will give it without reproach. Um, the New Living Translation says God will give it without rebuke. Um, the, the Greek word here is, uh, it means um, God will give it without mocking or ridiculing or scolding or insulting or using words of anger or, or sarcasm against us for asking. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this verse assures us that God gives us wisdom without reminding us of our faults or our unworthiness. So, you may ask God for wisdom that you need without fear, for God gives without holding your failures or lack of wisdom against you. One commentator said this, God responds to His own people with grace. His undivided, unwavering intent always to give good gifts. And in the midst of life's trials, wisdom is certainly a good gift. God assures us that He will be with us even in the midst of our trials. Amen? Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isn't it nice to know that God walks through these things with us and makes these promises? Listen, these things do not have to eat us up. Now, God never promised us that there wouldn't be trouble. And all the people said. <laughs> he never promised us that there wouldn't be deep waters of sorrow. He never promised us that there wouldn't be rivers of difficulty. He never promised us that there wouldn't be fires of oppression. However, He did promise us that in deep waters, He will be with us. He promised us that we won't drown in the rivers of difficulty. He promised that the fires of oppression will not burn us up. He tells us not to be afraid. Not just when things are going good, but especially when things are going bad. Don't be afraid. He assures us that He is our God and we are His people. He declares that He will be with us during difficult times. And if we need wisdom to see what He is doing 
all we need to do is ask. God, what are you up to here? What are you up to here? What are you trying to teach me? And then James says, when we ask, when we ask, we must ask with unwavering faith. We must ask with unwavering faith. Um, in Psalm 112, I, this is a psalm I really love. In Psalm 112, verse 7, it says, They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, unwavering, trusting in the Lord. They will have no fear of bad news. Isn't that a nice way to live? No fear of bad news. They are, because their hearts are steadfast, their faith is unwavering. Now if you go, somebody find Psalm 112 for me. Find, find Psalm 112. I want you to look at verse 1. Because the verse I read says, they will have no fear. Who's they? So tell me from verse 1 who they is. Well, us, but what's it say there? Those who what? Those who fear the Lord. That's who this psalm is talking about. And so when it says, they will have no fear of the bad news, their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord, it's talking about people who fear the Lord. What was the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. These are wise people. And their faith is unwavering. They are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Isaiah 26.3 You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Unwavering faith. Steadfast. This, this word steadfast implies the deep satisfaction and sense of well-being from, which comes from the certainty that our hearts are fixed on God, who does not fail us, right? We can be confident that He will direct our paths even when they're difficult through the valley of the shadow of death. So James tells us that if we need wisdom to understand what the Lord is trying to do in us during our troubles, that all we have to do is ask. Now, let me, let me kind of step back for a moment. I know that, you know, I made it pretty clear that there's no break in the paragraph. And so we've got this thing about trials and troubles and then ask for wisdom God, how do I navigate my way through this? What are you trying to teach me? But I don't believe that God only gives wisdom for those kinds of circumstances, alright? I'm just saying what James is saying here. In the midst of life's difficult circumstances, in trials and troubles, we can ask God for wisdom. But I believe God gives wisdom for lots of circumstances and, and situations that we face in life. So, um, 
We need wisdom to understand what God is trying to do in us during our troubles. And James says, all we have to do is ask. But, again, there's a condition that needs to be met in order to hear from God. And that is the unwavering faith that James mentions. He says, we must ask in faith. So, when we... When we ask, we must be sure that our faith is in God alone. It's not God and, or not God or, it's in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty, James says, is as an unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Do you have that picture in your mind? See, the one condition for receiving what we're asking for is believing God. We call that faith. Being sure that we really expect God to answer when we ask. God will generously give wisdom, but we will not receive it if we do not have confidence that God will answer our request. So this lack, if we have this lack of confidence, James says it reveals a doubtful mind or a divided mind. Doubting here has nothing to do with believing that God may be able to do something. Rather, it describes a people divided between being um, in the world and being God-centered. In other words, we're asking God, but we're kind of thinking, well, maybe it's God and. You see what I'm saying? I'm not just depending on God alone. I may need to look here for answers as well. That's the divided mind. That's the person who doubts. And now we're like the wave of the sea. The one failing to trust God gets hammered and tossed like a wind-tossed wave. Doubters lose the ability to decide direction. They don't know what to do because they have no anchor. If we trust in God alone, that's our anchor. But if we're kind of looking to God for wisdom, but maybe looking to the world for wisdom, we're caught in between. Due to lack of genuine trust in God, this person can't decide whether to follow his counsel or the world's advice. Those failing to trust God will not receive wisdom, James says. And you know what? Sometimes God doesn't speak to us in those moments because he knows we won't listen. We kind of have an idea, don't we, of what we want God to tell us? Oh God, help me. And this is how you're going to do it. Sometimes we know what God's told us to do. Here's how you navigate your way through this. And we just refuse to do it. I don't want to do it that way. I don't like that answer. 
So doubters get easily sidetracked and fooled by perspectives based on human reasoning. I think my way is better. So-and-so said this. I read this in a book. And feelings then drive their decisions rather than the truth of God's Word. That's why James added this whole idea of the wave. You can just see that. Because it really means to be driven and tossed between the world and God. It's like this wave. You know, the behavior of of waves, especially in a storm, is really unsettled. They go back and forth. They're driven by the wind, like the doubter's mind is. One commentator said this, when God's promises and commands are given equal authority with our feelings and desires and the world's ideas, the result is an unsettled sea of indecision and chaos. Who do we look to and who are we depending on? When facing troubles in our lives, we need to believe that God loves us and will, in His time, show us what He is trying to teach us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And Sometimes we wonder what God are you up to and why are you taking me through this? But this scripture tells us how deeply God cares for us. And it's because of His great love that He allows us to go through times of testing and proving. You know, I think we have a tendency sometimes to look at that just the opposite way. If God loved me, Why would he let me go through something like this? And we hear that a lot in our world, don't we? How could a loving God allow fill in the blank? But God loves us too much to leave us where we are, doesn't he? He wants us on a path toward Christ-likeness, doesn't he? And he knows if life is all rosy and good and it's the sound of birds singing in the air all the time and it's smooth sailing. But we have a tendency not to depend on God very much. And we see that in the Scriptures, don't we? God's people in Judah and Israel had a huge problem with this. And it happened over and over again. When life got good, they didn't need God anymore. Or if they did, it was God and, wasn't it? It was God and Baal. It was God and Molech. It was God and Ashtaroth. And what did God do to get their attention? Times got tough, didn't they? Trials. Testing. And that's what happens in our lives. We're no different than they were. Are we? We're no different. And so God has to, because He loves us so much and He wants us to look like Jesus, He allows or even brings these trials and testings in our lives because it's that molding and shaping and learning and teaching time that He can work in our lives through the, t- the difficulties that we're facing. You ever wished you learned 
you're a better learner when things are going great. You know, there are, there are scriptures that talk about the fact that fire is used to pur- purify gold and silver. And, and, and it doesn't get purified any other way. It takes fire. It takes fire. And, and when, the, when heat is put to these things, the impurities rise to the surface and they're skimmed off. And God wants to keep skimming off those things in our lives that shouldn't be there so that as we're refined and purified, we look more and more and more like His Son, Jesus Christ. That's His goal and it should be our goal too. And you know what? Clinging to our faith in God in the midst of these trials that God takes us through is the key to becoming an overcomer. We can be an overcomer or we can be defeated by these things and turn our back on God, can't we? How could a loving God allow something like this? Um, I think, Julie, it was in devotions this morning that you read this passage of Scripture from Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. This is talking about tough times. You may know from the reference what I'm talking about. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, and even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, not looking too good, is it? Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, uh uh-oh, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. That's who I trust in. That's who I trust in. And, and, And that's the point, isn't it? When life is easy, we just... Do we have to trust? We should. We have a tendency not to. So, when the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines and the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, there's no crops out there and the flocks die in the field and the cattle barns are empty, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. When life gets tough, this is who I depend on. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread on the heights. Thank you, Jesus. And we might say, well, it's easy to follow God and talk about how good He is and wonderful when life is good. Oh, praise God, life's good. But real faith is saying God is good, it's still believing and still trusting when life is falling apart all around you. When there are no grapes, and the olive crops fail, and the fields are barren, and the cattle stalls are empty. In the midst of our troubles, we can ask God to open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts 
we can seek God for wisdom in our trials. And we can ask for wisdom from the trials. Do you see what I'm saying? In the midst of trials, but Lord God, I want to learn a lesson from this trial. Because I want to be closer to you than I was at the beginning. I don't want to look more like Jesus coming out than I did going in. This, we may not like the sound of this, but God knows it. We learn best when life is hardest. <laughs> and there was an enthusiastic response to that statement. We learn best when life is hardest. But we have these great promises, don't we? And in the midst of this, we know that God is doing the work. James has told us so. In this, in this testing, God develops perseverance, doesn't He? The testing of our faith develops perseverance, and it must finish its work, as James says, so that we are mature and complete, not lacking anything. We look like Jesus. That's what He's talking about. And you know what? To look like, did Jesus go through tough stuff? If Jesus had to go through tough stuff, we have to go through tough stuff. But it's that polishing, purifying process that God takes us through. And if we, asking for wisdom in the midst of those trials, He shows us how to navigate our way through that, and He'll show us what we need to learn from the process. And we can say, praise God. Thank you. That's where the joy in trials comes from. That's why in Romans, Paul said, we can glory in those things that we suffer because we know what God is doing in our lives through those difficulties that we face. And it's the wisdom of God that reveals that to us. Praise God that He gives that to us freely if we believe that He will. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your great faithfulness that I think is evidenced most clearly when life hits the skids, when it gets really tough, when we go through those times of testing and trial and sorrow and oppression, when it's the deep waters, when it's the fires, and to know that you're with us and that if we ask you believing, you will give us the wisdom not only to navigate our way through that test or trial that you have us in the midst of, but Lord, you'll give us the wisdom to learn from it. And that we pray as we come out on the other side, Lord God, some more of those impurities will have been skimmed off and we will look more like Jesus himself. Thank you that you love us enough to do that work in our lives. We give you praise. We give you thanks. And Father, we determine to remember and live according to your word as we deal with those things that are difficult and come our way. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.